Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan, and we got a lot of news to go over in this episode. We got the strike talks breaking down, streaming updates, and Universal is not having a good time thanks to the Exorcist. Let's talk about the domestic box office top five. Opening in first place is The Exorcist Believer with 27.2 million. In second place was Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie with 11.7 million for a total of $38.8 million. Third place was Saw 10 with 8.1 million for a total of $32.5 million. Fourth place was The Creator with 6.1 million for a total now of $24.9 million. And in fifth place was Blind, which earned $3.1 million for a total of $10.4 million. So the main focus is The Exorcist. Back in 2021, Universal and Peacock spent $400 million to buy the rights to make a trilogy of Exorcist movies. And, you know, merchandise and you know, maybe use some stuff at the parks as well, but $400 million for the right to do that. And this is the first of the three films. This is not a good start. Now, the actual reported budget of Believer is around $30 million, like to actually make the film. So that's not bad. Um, but it's not clear whether that's part of the $400 million spent or an additional $30 million on top of that. So what happened here? Well, well, one, besides poor reviews from critics, it's not getting good word of mouth either. So this might drop fast. Besides, I think uh, Universal underestimated how much people would care for the Exodus franchise coming back. Yes, overall, it worked for Halloween, but that started off red hot with the 2018 movie and had diminishing returns with kills and ends. Like, that's something to consider is, oh, the Universal Trilogy, if you look at box office numbers compared to budget, was a big success. Well, 2018 did a lot of heavy lifting there. It was the most well-reviewed one. Everyone loved it. Then you had Kills, which I believe did the streaming with Peacocks. So I heard the box office a bit, got less good reviews. And then Ends, same thing, and was very divisive. So the fact that we're starting off The Exorcist with the movie's just bad and no one cares, that's not good at all. As for the other movies, well, they all held on well. Though for the creator, it's not picking up any steam. And at this point, it's looking to finish under $50 million domestically. Over in China, Under the Light stayed in first place for the weekend, earning $17.1 million for a total of $136.9 million. In second place was The X-Files 4 Marriage Plan with another $13 million for a total of $104.5 million. Third place was Moscow Mission, which moved up from fourth place. It earned $9.6 million for a total of $61 million. Fourth place was The Volunteers with $9.2 million for a total now of $76.4 million. And in fifth place was Lose to Win, which moved up from sixth place from last weekend. It earned $2.3 million for a total of $17.3 million. Now let's take a look at the international numbers, where The Exorcist Believer earned $17.9 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $45.1 million. So yeah, not a hot start internationally either. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, earned another $14 million for a total of $87.1 million worldwide. The creator made $10.8 million for a worldwide total of $61.8 million. It's clear now it will take a decent loss at the box office for 20th Century Studios and Disney. The Nun 2 is still doing well, earning $6.7 million for a worldwide 
total now of 248.7 million. A Haunting in Venice passed 100 million worldwide, with it now at 102.7 million. And Equalizer 3 is now at 167.1 million worldwide. Moving on to news in Hollywood, let's take a look at strikes. The WGA have ratified their new three-year deal to studios. The final count was 8,435 yes to 90 votes for no. Now with that strike in the rearview mirror, let's take a look at the actor strike where talks have broken down. The main crux as to why talks broke down seems to be the actor's demand of revenue sharing from subscription services. This has been a non-starter for studios since the start and has now come to a head. With talks broken down, the studios are saying if they agreed to it, it would cost them billions, while the Actors Guild is saying the studios are using bully tactics by inflating how much the deal would actually cost them. This is clearly not the quick resolution everyone wanted, and while I think they will get back into a uh, room soon to negotiate, we're looking at this not being done until November at least. Sadly, we did have a few deaths in Hollywood. Piper Laurie passed away at the age of 91. She was known for her work in movies such as Hustler and Carrie, as well as TV shows including Twin Peaks. Dick Curtis died at the age of 95 after heart failure. He was more known in TV shows including the 60s Batman show, as well as the Dick Van Dyke show. Jeff Burr also died after suffering from complications from a stroke. He was a film director who directed a few films, including Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He was 60 years old. And while not someone who directly worked in Hollywood, Keith Griffin died at the age of 70. He was a comic writer and artist, and his work includes Blue Beetle comics as well as comics for Rocket Raccoon. May they all rest in peace, and thoughts and prayers are with their families. We got an update on Bruce Willis from Glenn Gordon Karen, who created Moonlight. Willis is a big TV role. He mentions he sees him about once a month and has noticed that he is not fully verbal. Quote, he's not fully verbal. He used to be a vocarious reader, and he's not reading now. All those language skills are no longer available to him, and yet he's still Bruce. End quote. Bruce Willis is suffering from frontemporal dementia and has been retired from acting since 2022. Hearing how fast he has declined has really been shocking, and I hope he and his family are doing the best that they can. In other news, Michael Caine has officially retired from acting at 90 years old. His last film is The Great Escaper, which recently had its premiere in London. Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour will now open Thursday night, with it being announced that there will be preview showings. With it being announced this close to release, I'm not sure how much it will affect the box office, but there will definitely be some fans who had tickets for opening weekend will go and buy for Thursday night as well. AMC CEO Adam Aaron announced on X that he was a target for a blackmail plot last year, which he reported to the board. The board then hired outside counsel to investigate. They determined it was a private matter and closed the investigation. As for why he is talking about this now, well, an article from Semaphore says he was part of a catfishing scam, so I take it he wanted to try and get ahead of it a bit. Gerald Butler has settled his lawsuit with the producers of Olympus Has Fallen. A few months ago, he filed a lawsuit against New Image and Millennium Media, claiming he was owed $10 million in profits from the first film. They came to this number by doing an independent audit. As part of the settlement, neither party is allowed to release what the terms of it were, but Deadline reports that the actor was satisfied. Assuming the independent audit was correct, I assumed I reached an agreement on a deal, paying him some of the $10 million and moving on. 
And what I thought was a bit of shocking news, IMAX will not be moving forward with buying IMAX China. The shareholders recently held a vote for it, and over 10% voted against the move, while 70% voted for it. So why is it not moving forward? Well, in Hong Kong, where the IMAX China stock is trading, for a privatization move to be approved, the vote against it needs to be under 10%. And this is a privatization move, as if IMAX were to complete it, IMAX China stock would be delisted. Here's what IMAX said about the vote. Quote, while disappointing, the vote demonstrates that shareholders believe, as we do, that the future of IMAX China is bright. We are committed to our business in China, and our team will continue to create new growth opportunities for the IMAX brand and technology in this vital market for blockbuster entertainment. Furthermore, we will explore opportunities to deploy the incremental capital intended for this transaction through alternative means of creating shareholder value, such as share repurchases, end quote. While I thought this would have been a slam dunk, and it would have been under most rules, uh, I did not know about the uh, 10% rule for privatization. Very interesting turn of events. In exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Michael Mann's next film will be Heat 2. He said at one of their events, the plan is he will shoot that next. This would be based on the book he released called Heat 2, which is both a prequel and a sequel to the original. Uh, Think Godfather Part 2. And Sony is updating the release date for their upcoming rom-com film, Anyone But You. The film starring Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell was set to come out December 15th, and will now instead come out December 22nd. Uh, We got two new trailers this week. The first is from Warner Brothers, which is the second trailer for Wonka. It still looks like it'll be a good holiday film for families. It comes out December 15th. A24 released their first trailer for The Iron Claw. This is a wrestling movie directed by Sean Durkin. It stars Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White as brothers. This is based on the true story of the Von Erich wrestling family. Looks pretty interesting. And that also comes out December 22nd. We start off VOD Premium with AMC, where at New York Comic Con, they announced that The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live will premiere in February next year. This is the Rick and Michonne spinoff, and the one that's most anticipated. They also released some images from the show, as well as another teaser trailer. This is the one to keep an eye out for on AMC+, as if they do a great marketing campaign for it. I can see a good amount of people subscribing, at least for a month or two, to watch the show. Will they stay afterwards? Eh, Maybe not. Also from New York Comic Con, Amazon dropped a trailer for the second season of Invincible. The first half of the season comes out November 3rd on a weekly basis, with the other half coming out in early 2024. I really enjoyed the first season, so I'll definitely be giving this a watch. At Apple TV+, Plus, they have canceled the after party after two seasons. This was the murder mystery show starring Tiffany Haddish. The Spider-Wick Chronicles has found a new home, with it heading to Roku. This was originally set to come to Disney+, Plus before they canceled it. Since then, it has been shopped around, and Roku is the one who bought it. As for when it will come out, well, it will be available on the Roku channel sometime in 2024. Speaking of Disney+, Plus, the second season premiere of Loki got 10.9 million views in its first three days, according to Disney. That is a solid start to the season, and having watched it myself, it's uh, still a great show. Highly recommend it. 
As for another upcoming Marvel Studios show, well, it looks like they are hitting the reset button. The Hollywood Reporter is exclusively reporting that Marvel is looking to find new writers for Daredevil Born Again, having parted ways with Matt Corman and Chris Ode. They are also looking to find new directors for the show. Look, this is a major uh, overhaul, as the first few episodes were already filmed prior to the strikes starting. As for why the change, well, it's reported that the executives at Marvel over the summer saw what was filmed so far and didn't like what they saw. One detail about the show was that Daredevil himself, Charlie Cox, would not actually suit up in the red outfit until the fourth episode, as the beginning of the series was heavily focused on being a legal show. I'm curious if any of the footage shot will be used in the final product, but even without knowing what the show was shaping up to be, this is a smart move by Marvel Studios. All the control over there the last few years has been pretty poor, and they can't keep affording to miss, especially for Daredevil. This is one of the few Marvel shows people are still excited for. It needs to be a slam dunk. No exceptions. Upcoming for Disney Plus and Hulu is a movie being reimagined as a miniseries, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. So back in 2008, 20th Century released Australia, a, a romance film directed by uh, Baz Luhrmann and starred Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. It didn't do great at the box office, but what's happening here is that despite the film being almost three hours long, there was enough extra footage that, that Luhrmann has worked to re-edit it and created a six-episode miniseries. It will premiere at South by Southwest Sydney Screen Festival and then be available on Hulu, Disney Plus, and Star Plus on November 26th. I haven't seen the film, but I might give the show a watch. Crunchyroll is getting into the fast business with their own fast channel. In case anyone does not know, fast is the free ad-supported TV. The channel will first launch on October 11th on the Roku channel, uh, Vizio, Watch Free Plus, and LG channels. Then on the 17th, it will be available on Amazon Freebie. As for content, it will be dubbed in English and will feature older shows like Code, Gias, and Psychopaths. So no, you will not be able to watch Jujutsu Kaisen on it. Tom and Jerry are headed to Singapore in a new show. This is a localized version of Tom and Jerry with the characters in Singapore uh, for seven episodes. It will premiere on October 21st on Cartoon Network in Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. As for the streaming option in those territories, it'll be available on HBO Go and worldwide. It'll be available on YouTube via the Cartoon Network Asia channel. Warner Brothers Discovery are partnering up with SRMG, a media company in Radaya, to launch Askark Discovery. This is a new platform that is free to watch with it being in Arabic. Shows available to watch include a lot of Warner Brothers Discovery shows, including Gold Rush, Wheeler Dealers, 90 Day Finance, and more. The shows have been redubbed in Arabic as well, with graphics in the shows also being redone in Arabic. And it will not just be content from Warner Bros. Discovery, as they are looking to either buy or co-produce up to 30 hours of content annually. I'm curious how much the deal was for Warner Bros. Discovery, because it could not have been cheap to do all of the dubbing. Deadline is exclusively reporting that a new show set in the Suits universe might be coming. They are reporting that it is an early development from Aaron Korsh, the creator of Suits, and as, as of now, it would be a completely new show. But with it being set in the Suits universe, there might be a chance for Harvey Specter to make an appearance or two. Considering Suits basically became the show this summer on Netflix, it's not a surprise at all that NBC Universal wants a new one. Will it reach the same highs as Suits? Probably not, but it's worth a shot.
From Peacock, they released a trailer for Mr. Monk's Last Case, a Monk movie, and is set to come out December 8th. Amazon Prime Video has released a teaser trailer for their upcoming holiday film Candy Cane Lane, starring Eddie Murphy. It comes out December 1st. Now let's finish up with Netflix. We got some numbers on how Netflix is doing in the UK, with Netflix Services UK releasing its latest numbers. Now these are a bit old, as they cover a year, up until the end of December of 2022. But for 2022 compared to 2021, they had 4% growth in subscribers and increased monthly revenue per subscriber by 14%. Profits were also up by 3 million pounds. Solid numbers all around. As for what's next, we got some more details on The Crown's final season. It'll be like other shows recently uh, in that it is split into two parts, with part one coming out November 16th and part two will come out December 14th. Also coming out on November 30th is The Bad Guys, A Very Bad Holiday. This is a half-hour prequel to The Bad Guys, a movie from DreamWorks that came out last year. And that is it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. If you want to follow me on Threads, X, Instagram, or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.